know the vibes welcome back to another episode of the hoop genius podcast brought to you by nba 2k24 if you don't yet have your copy the link is in the description go get yours now myself momuti alongside me as always the not one not two but three-time nba champion mr mm. bj armstrong bj how's it going today beautiful mo it's beautiful you know it's a it's a great day it's my it's, it's our youngest son's uh, birthday today Mm-hmm. So uh, just a, it's a birthday week, you know, as he said, you know, he said, I said, what you going to do today? He said, dad, I'm chilling like bacon. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Oh, but Man, now, now I'm feeling old. I'm yeah, you know, I feel said, old he now, said, bro. Dad, I said, I said, what you going to do? He said, dad, I'm chilling like bacon. Be, be so, yeah. I'll so be feeling I've been feeling super old. Did you see the the video I sent you yesterday of the kid who was born in 2011 who's already started that. being scouted? I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Born in 2011. Yeah. That makes me feel ancient. Yes. Um, and he's already looking like the next Wemby. So yes. <laughs> good luck. We'll talk about that another day. What I want to talk about today is a topic that's been filling the timeline. Um, okay. Zion Williamson had a very disappointing game against the Lakers in the in-season tournament. And a lot of that comes down to his lack of effort, which I've highlighted. But certain media personalities, Stephen A. Smith, we're looking at you, have been taking that opportunity to, I believe the word they use now is body shame. Um, The 23-year-old Zion Williamson, he's been calling him fat. He said when he goes to restaurants, he wants to eat the food and eat the table or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I just, that just don't sit right with me. Um, Number one, Zion Williamson is a better athlete than 99.9% of humans on earth today. Number two, there is not one single physical activity that Stephen A. Smith would beat Zion Williamson in a competition. Um, And number three, okay, number three, I was looking at some news headlines, like the athletic said failure might be the best thing for Zion Williamson. And I just, I wanted to know, right? He's played 19 of 23 possible games so far. He's putting up 22 points, six rebounds, and five assists, which is very respectable numbers for a starting player in the NBA. Um, so I, I wouldn't call that a failure. Um, obviously, he can improve. And given the hype that there was around him coming into the draft and how big of a phenomenon he was in high school and in college, it, he hasn't lived up to those standards, but he's shown throughout his NBA career so far that he has what it takes and he is more than capable of dominating when he's on a basketball court because there's people now this week calling him fat and obese and out of shape and overweight, but then he goes out and he's on the court and no one can guard him. So I wanted to just, first of all, what Stephen A. Smith and these guys in the media are saying, I think that's kind of pathetic. Um, but second of all, his game a big part of his game is overpowering the defenders and being a big unit. So I just wanted to get your take on the whole situation first and foremost. Well, you know, Mo, when you come to this league, right? When you come to this league and, you know, there's a theme, Mo, that's a real thing. You, and you learn it on your own timeline. And that word is professionalism. And how quickly, Mo, are you going to become a professional? And then you also hear me say things like, Mo, I love it when players take the word potential off their name. Hat trace. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, 
You know, this game is very complicated from one perspective, but it's very simple. When you make that decision to become a pro, then, Mo, we have to ask the question, how quickly are you going to become a professional? All right? No matter who you are, what league you play in, you play in Europe, you play in the NBA, you play wherever you play, Central America, South America, wherever you play, Asia, three things has to occur, Mo, to take that amateur tag off of your name, okay? This is culture. We talked about this maybe a week or two ago with the Miami Heat, but here is the core of the NBA. I love it when people say back in the day. I love it when people say as if like the game changes. Oh, back in the day, they did it this way. No, the game never changes. The truth never changes. Here is the here, here are the three essentials, Mo. And I want you to make sure, Mo, when you become a GM, that you carry this in year 2050 or whenever it is, because, you know, 2023 is going to be back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> okay? But here are the three things that will never change. One, if you're going to become a professional athlete, you have to commit to be the best conditioned athlete on the floor. There's a certain level of conditioning, Mo, that's required for you, regardless whether you have talent as, let's say, the current players like LeBron James, or you're the 12th guy on the team. You have to be in condition, Mo, to be the best version of yourself, one. Second, once you are in conditioning, Mo, you have to be, and you got to have a mindset to say, well, I'm the hardest working player on the floor. But that can't happen, Mo, unless you're in condition to do it. You can want to do something, Mo, but if you're not in condition to do it, you can't give the second, third efforts that's necessary to be a pro athlete. Why, Mo? Because there is a small difference between the very best athlete in the world and this, and you know, the guy who supposedly is a role player. Mm -hmm. It's just a well, it's about effort. You gotta be the hardest working player. And Mo, if you want to be good at anything, guess what you got to do, Mo? You got to work at it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you can't take that amateur tag off of you if you're not the best conditioned, if you're not the hardest working, and then Mo, you gotta be the toughest player mentally and physically to be able to play in this game because of the length of the season. It's an 82-game grind. This transfers to any sport. This transfers to any job. This transfers to anything. That's the culture of professional sports. Now, I haven't heard one player and I've been following Zion since he's been around eighth and ninth grade when I first started hearing this kid. Hey, man, if it's this kid down in South Carolina. You got to see him. You got to see him. Okay, Mo, what are we talking about in 2023? We're still talking about conditioning. We're still talking about working hard. And we're still talking about mentally and physically, where is he at? Because if he becomes, when he becomes a pro, Mo, this young man has every single gift you could want as an athlete. I said it then, I'm saying it now. Every player works on their own timeline. Mm -hmm. 
every player. And for whatever the reason in whatever the reason is, Mo, because I know the amount of discipline that it takes to become a professional athlete. Did I always play great? No. Was I always this? No. However, Mo, once a, a young person commits to that word, you will see a change. And for whatever reason, Mo, this young man has yet to commit to that. And what is this, year five or year six? So he's somewhere around there now. Yeah. I well, would it's hope it's his fourth season playing. He had one yes. season out where he okay. was injured and didn't yes. play. So I would hope, Mo, that at some point here, this young man comes to the realization, Mo, that he's not going to be young forever. And the older you get, the harder it gets to get in shape. Okay, Mo. Like conditioning, Mo, is a very serious thing. You can't play, Mo, if you're not in condition. You can't work hard if you're not in condition. You can't be tough, Mo, mentally and physically if you're not in condition. Regardless of the body type you have, whatever you have, we all have different body types. We all have to apply different things to our bodies and what it is that we're going to need to be the best version of ourselves. I would just hope, and for this young man's case, Mo, that we take potential off of his name. Mm -hmm. because when he does that mo we're not having this conversation and we and i say we the adults i'm taking responsibility mo why is because mo i want every kid to reach his potential that's just how i am i'm wired that way how can i help these young people be the best version of themselves it's easy for me to criticize it's easy for me to be the the og as you guys call us however what's not easy mo is to connect with the person to say Let's deal with your individual situation to address so that you can be the best version of yourself. Because this young man right now, Mo, is gifted. He's not talented. He's got true gifts. And us adults, whoever is coaching him, who's working with him or whatever, how come we haven't reached him, Mo? And mm -hmm. that to me is on, that to me is on my generation. Because I'm not going to be one of these guys that's going to sit here and say whatever about it. He's a kid. And I have kids. I have kids his age. And Mo, when you deal with people, and when people say they have something, Mo, that clearly he's not able to control, then Mo, that's where people like us who care about the game, who care about these young people, we reach out and we help our young people because Mo, when he learns it, it would be a beautiful thing to see. And that's all I really want to say about the Zion. And, and it's unfortunate that we have failed this young man. We have. Now, I also think it's very lazy for this to be the narrative that the media runs with. Why? The whole Pelicans team played badly. It wasn't just everyone had a good game, but Zion let them down. They all played badly. Everyone's saying, okay, cool. Zion played bad. He needs to eat less. I've not heard anyone saying Brandon Ingram played bad. He needs to smoke less weed. I ain't heard no one say <laughs> CJ McCollum played bad. He needs to drink less wine. I just think is a little, is a little pathetic that this is the narrative that they're going to run with. Why? Because Zion Williamson in shape, out of shape, whatever he might be the other week, he went to Philly and dropped 33 points without missing a shot. And that's him out of shape. So I agree with what you're saying. 
However, I think what the media is doing today and this week in picking on the kid, he's a 23-year-old kid. Now, everyone always loves to go online and talk about mental health is so important. You know, mental health is so important. Mental health is so important. And yet, in the next tweet, they're crushing a kid and calling him fat, calling him overweight. Da, da, da. Do you don't no, think really, that impacts yeah. him? People don't understand that he's had to deal with a lot of injuries. He's had to deal with the how many players have had that much expectation on them going into the NBA that Zion Williamson had when he was coming into the league. Right. Not many number one picks in the last 10, 15 years have had to deal with all of that expectation. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at the Pelicans roster. I'm, I'm saying, where's the leadership? So CJ McCollum's supposed to be the leader of that team. And he was the one who was airing out in the media when he first got traded there. He said, oh, Zion didn't text me to say welcome to the team. But Zion's in Portland doing rehab, my brother. You are the leader of the Players Association, 30 plus years old. Maybe take some leadership. So I'm looking at the organization of the Pelicans. And then the other thing is, you know, Shaq, when he played, one of the most dominant players of all time, Shaq has gone and said himself, that during some seasons he was down near 400 pounds and he didn't take the conditioning seriously till he was in, in Miami and he was getting into condition during the season. Right. So my thing is like, we're all saying, Oh, Zion Williamson's a failure. How many players in the NBA are putting up 22, six and five right now? How many players in the NBA are doing that on 64% from the field? That's, this is my thing. Like I get it. He, he can be better. He can live up to his potential if he gets on a stricter training program and controls what he eats. Okay, cool. But what about all the players in the NBA who could live up to their potential if they smoked less weed? What about all the other players in the NBA who could live up to their potential if they didn't go to the club and drank until four in the morning? I know what's going on. I've been, <laughs> I've been around. I know what people are doing. It's only Zion that you can see it in front of your own eyes, but that's the only one that they're talking about and they're picking up. And then everyone wants to come and say, oh, mental health is so important. But they're bullying the kid. That's what it is now. That's what it is. That's what the media is doing. Because now if he goes on his phone today, if he turns on his TV today, it's a bunch of grown-ass adults, 20, 30 years older than him, making fun of his weight. And people don't understand, because I know it sounds... Everyone wants to say the right thing, right? All these people on on social media today, I put out a tweet saying, I'm not mad at Zion. He can go into any arena in the NBA, drop 30 points if he wants. For me, it's about effort. Even if he's not, if, if his conditioning doesn't improve one bit, if he just plays with more effort, he can go and be a top 20 player in the NBA. He could even be a top 10 player in the NBA if he really put his head to it. So I'm like, okay, cool. He he likes to eat, if that's what we're saying. Yeah. That's okay. As and... long as you produce the results on the court, it's not like he's doing what other players did and missing games with the low management and, you know, finding an excuse not to be there and make it. He's turning up. He's played almost every game so far this season. I'm, they're calling yeah, this season a failure for him. Like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I, I would hope, Mo, in, in every... And I hope this for, for all people. It's one thing I haven't... I've found in my life that's been very difficult, if not impossible, to live without. And that's a good friend. <laughs> mm. I mean, well, a truth teller. Someone who's a friend who's going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And Mo, the friends that I've amassed along my journey, I hope that you have the same friends that will tell you the truth. You know what? You know what? Because I, I love our audience here. So I'm, I'm going to share a personal story now. I'm going to share a personal because I can relate to Zion. BJ, I stopped playing basketball many years ago now. I was never professional 
in the NBA. It's pretty good over here, you know, playing around in Europe and, and this and that. I was, I was okay. Um, I stopped playing. I have a torn meniscus in my knee. I have dislocated my right shoulder about eight times. I've torn all the ligaments in my left ankle, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on. Now, when you're injured and um, you can't do the one thing that you love most, it puts you in a weird space mentally, right? It, it is some real, real dark times. Since I stopped playing basketball, I have gained five and a half stones. I'm going to put that into, what's that in pounds or kilograms? I'm going to convert that for you. Yeah, yeah. That's 70, 77 pounds. Okay. 35 kg, right? I put it on. Why? Because I was in amazing condition. You couldn't find anyone around in better condition than me when I was playing. But when I'm not playing, I've got no, I couldn't bring myself to be conditioned because I'm not competing. I didn't have that same drive. And mm-hmm. then once you get into that space, it's very difficult to get out of that space. And then to get really technical with it, right? Everyone talks about drugs and alcohol and stuff. Do you know what's more or just as addictive as those things? Sugar as a substance, when you consume a high sugar diet, high carbohydrate diet, the insulin spikes that it gives you and the dopamine rush that it gives you in your brain, that becomes insanely addictive. So everyone who loves to say, oh, mental health is important, your physical health is oftentimes impacted by the state of mind and your mental health. Now, if you got to put yourself into the shoes of Zion when he was 21 years old, missed a whole season because of a foot injury, that's a lot to deal with. Not only is it he can't go out there and play the sport he loves, it's the entire media is crushing me. Former teammates and current teammates are saying things in the media. All the journalists are saying this, this, and this. That's a lot to deal with. And then you want to find some sort of comfort and then there, there it is. Right. So I can relate to exactly what he's going through. And I just think, and I look at everyone who's saying things about him right now, Oh, he's making this much money. He should be doing this. Put yourself in his shoes for a sec, because most people wouldn't be strong enough to even get back out there. We've seen many players careers fall apart entirely because they were all calling him a bust when he was 21 years old. And he, and he missed all those games in his third season. So Luckily for me, I've got a great circle of friends around me. My boy Jude, who I told you a story about the other day on NBA 2K, he ho- he called me. He said, bro, look, it's, it's been years now. Enough is enough. And now I'm training, getting my diet right. We're getting back to it. But that's taken me five years to figure out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This is not going to happen overnight. This is an entire lifestyle shift. So instead of coming out here and hating on the kid and this and that, I'll get it. If, if he's out there and he's too tired to play after the first quarter and he can't do what he's doing, or if he's out there and he can only play one out of every three games, I get it. He's played 19 games so far. He's put up pretty decent numbers. He's putting up performances where we, we have conversations here on the show and we're like, man, how the hell are they going to stop Zion? Man, how the hell, how, how's anyone going to guard him when he's locked in? You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes because it's also at the start of the season. Players play themselves into shape. James Harden plays himself into shape every season. And then he goes out and puts up MVP numbers. Shaq played himself into shape after the summer every season. So I just think it's kind of lame what everyone is out here saying. You know what I mean? I, I just think it's kind of low-hanging fruit. Let me get the clicks. Let me call this kid fat. He, I don't know him. He ain't going to make a difference. I just think that's stupid. So that's my rant for the day. 
A little personal story. <laughs> okay. I'm, and I'm representing right for the big brothers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. Um, but PJ, you know, speaking of all of that, I wanted to share an insight here on today's episode. What was your diet like as an NBA player? Did you have like a set routine of the things you eat every day? Or did you, what was that like for you? How did you structure your kind of meal plans? Because um, now they all have chefs and food at the practice league. But what was it like for you when you played? Yeah, I was just very conscientious of what I needed to do to perform, right? And I just tried to have a balanced diet. And all of the sweets, I, I, I've never been a big sweets person. However, you know, I just wanted to be balanced, right? Whether most of my diet can, consisted of fish, chicken, um, not as much. I wasn't a big beef person. However, I would lose a lot of weight during the course of the season. So I wanted to make sure that I had a diet where I can retain my strength because I like to lift. Like for me, lifting was a big part of my conditioning. And believe it or not, because at the first part of the season, there's a lot of teaching going on. So you don't get, you you actually would get in worse conditioning. That's what I found out as I got into the NBA, because in the first part of the season, you know, the coaches are talking just as much as you are playing. Because they're introducing offensive sets. And it's like walkthroughs and walk you're going to cut here and, and you spot up and, there. And, and by the way, by the way, one of the things of conditioning, which it really bothers me, and, and, and I don't want to say this too often because it's not me versus other people. Rest is part of your conditioning. And if there's one thing that I am critical about this generation, they never rest. They work out all year <laughs> okay mo like rest is part of your conditioning routine when i see these players and and i see these players in the summer they're all working out with their trainers doing these things grinding every day believe it or not mo listen i played a number of years I played 82 games or whatever it is. You have to learn how to rest. You have to learn how to get off of your feet and walk away. Mentally, it's good for you. Physically, it's good for you. It's great for you. Because when you do get back to that court, Mo, you're in a right frame of mind. I always tried to, Mo, just have balance, right? I tried to learn how to rest. I didn't try it. I learned. I I I took that very serious, Mo. Mm -hmm. I, I I like my like anyone who knew me at that time. My nap, Mo, was my nap. Can you take us through a day? Like, what was a day like? Yeah, like, like an off day where you haven't got like, a game. Okay, I have a game. So every day, Mo, I wanted to put few. I I looked at my body as like this, like a furnace, and I always wanted to keep the. I always wanted to feed the fire. So no matter what, off day, on day, game day, breakfast, Mo, I was not missing. And Mo, I was getting up at 7, 7.30. I'm eating. And Mo, I'm eating breakfast. Like I'm eating like, you know, oatmeal, eggs, pancakes. Mo, I'm eating. I'm going to, I'm going to get myself here. That's my, no matter what. There was no off, like people say, what's an off day? Mo, I'm a professional athlete. No, off day is in there's no game on that day. Okay. Believe it or not, Mo, there's more 
off days by your description than on days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what I learned, Mo, was either I'm going to commit to this lifestyle or not. I never, first of all, I had to get off an off day or on day. Every day, Mo, was my day. There was no off season, on season. Either I'm going to commit to this lifestyle or not. Okay, that's the first thing. Okay. When I hear players say, well, I eat a certain way during the season and then I have like off days or cheat days. Mo, either you're on or you're off. Okay. So I committed, Mo, to a lifestyle. And my lifestyle said, this is what I'm going to need to be to be at my optimum. Because believe it or not, Mo, that training that I was doing in the summer when no one could see me was more just as important as it was doing my shoot around when the camera is rolling and everyone's saying, oh, man, such and such is working, getting in shots after the after practice. Every day, Mo, was my day. And every day, Mo, I committed to being the best version of myself. Was I better some days? Absolutely. Was I great all the time? For sure I was not. However, Mo, I committed to that every single day. There was no off-season, on-season. I trained in July because I knew I had a game that was going to be in November. That was mm -hmm. going to mean something. <laughs> okay? So so you have your breakfast, 7.30. Uh, yes. First workout a day after breakfast? But then I'm going to get my workout. I always like to eat. I always like to eat. I always try to prepare myself four hours before practice. Mm -hmm. So practice for us was always 10, 10 or 11 o'clock. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I always try to prepare myself to every time I stepped on the floor that I was going to have all of the nutrients that I needed four hours before I stepped on the floor so I can be the best version of myself. Because the last thing I wanted to be, Mo, is late in that fourth quarter and I'm hungry or mm -hmm. I didn't have the energy necessary. That was a poor excuse to not, to not be at my best. Okay. And everybody who's played an NBA game knows Mo that that 48 minute game can get very long, mm -hmm. put it overtime into that timeout TV timeouts. That's why you see guys eating now because sometimes people, they underestimate how long that game is. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a poor, that's a poor excuse not to be at your best. It's the fourth quarter and you got no energy. Mm -hmm. So I always try to eat. So for, and so now that was, if, if, we, if I'm going to practice immediately following practice mode, I made sure that I had my, my meal set up if there was a game, right? Okay. So now I'm going to get my rest. I'm, I'm going to get off my feet mode from the moment I get home until I got to get up. Game is at 7.30, Mo. I'm getting up at 3 o'clock. I'm eating at 3.30. Okay? That's mm -hmm. four hours. I'm yep. eating at 3.30 to 4. Too. Now I'm getting my shower. I'm headed to the game. I'm down. I got to be at the game. I got to be at, I got to be at the game no later than 6. I like to get to the arena 5, 5.30. Right. I tried to have and the reason I did that mode was because some guys like to get to the arena 
really, really early. Like, you know, like Larry Ray Bird Allen was there for Yeah, some guys like before. to do that. Okay. But I like to – I. so here in the United States, I there was a thing called Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. And I used to always say, if I was going to be a pro, I had to take my show on the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. And and the last thing I didn't want to be, well, I didn't want to be a good player who just played well at home. I wanted to be a good player who could play well on the road. So mm-hmm. I tried to make sure the same thing that I did on the road was the same thing I did at home. Okay. That was my, so I always tried to get to the arena between five and five 30 ish, which would give me an hour before, give me a half hour, an hour before I actually had to be there, which is the latest you could be there was 90 minutes before the game, which still holds true today. Yeah. That's insane. If you're turning up with less than 90 minutes, because even media, we turn up two hours before the game. Okay. I did my, and now more that gave me time to get tape. They gave me time, Mo, and, and, and they gave me time to go out there and get my my shots, my routine. And well, I didn't, I never focused on made shots when I warmed up. Mm-hmm. I would only focus on shooting them as hard and as fast as I could. And the reason I did that, Mo, is because the game is played at a much faster pace than practice, or even when you're just warming up. Mm-hmm. So I would always try to practice harder than I knew the game was. So I practice faster. Okay. I practice faster so that when I shot them in the game, it seemed slow to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was my routine. Now, the only thing that I wanted to feel was the touch. And then I tried to shoot as many close shots as I could to the basket because I'm a huge visual person and I wanted to see the ball going in the basket. Mm-hmm. So when I was shooting my threes, yeah, I wanted to make it. However, Mo, I just wanted to do it as fast as I could. Right. I just, because yeah. I, it was like, just, it was like a muscle memory thing, but I would practice close to the basket to just see the ball go to the basket. That was important to me. Even to this day, when I go and out there messing around with my kids, I just like to see the ball go through the basket and then I can go in. Yeah. That's form shooting as well. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever you guys call it. Yeah. So I would do that. Then after I would do that, Mo, I would always come in and I would just take like 15 minutes to myself where I would visualize my, my, my thing that I had to do for that game. Mo, Mm -hmm. like, like Mo, before the coaches gave the game plan, Okay, Mo, I'm playing against Mark Jackson. I knew I, I wanted to visualize what I was going to tr- try to accomplish versus him that game. I wanted to visualize what I thought the game plan was going to be based on how we were practicing and the shoot around and all the things we talked about before the game. Okay. I learned this from my teammates, in particular, Jordan. He did this thing that I thought was very unique, but I thought it was just unique for him. He would he would he would watch the tape of every play of the opposing team. Mm. And I was like, and I asked him one day, why did he do that? He said, because I never want to think about what they're going to do. I want to know what they're going to do. And if you ever watch us or that generation, we're constantly relaying the the the, the play calls. Yeah. Three up. And then you would tell your assistant coach 
three up so that on the next scout, you knew what three up was, or if they happened to change the name of their plays. And yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, wow, this guy has an unfair advantage because not only does he recognize the play, he knows the play calls and he's memorizing. Them. Mm-hmm. So I've made it my business to change my schedule. And I was watching the tapes of every game because I wanted to see exactly what they're doing. And I tried to not memorize it, but I would recognize the play calls. Okay. And I learned that from him. All right. I always did that Mo. if my guy was hot that week. So I'm playing against Tyrese Maxey this week. And I was going to watch him this week because I know I'm going to play him on this Thursday night, for instance, right? We're taping on Monday. Hmm. And I saw last week he had a 50 night, 50 point game. I say, oh, wow. He's coming in with a lot of confidence. So let me see what this guy is doing. Yep. To get a, his mindset for that week. Okay. I would say to my bigs, for instance, hey, I'm going to take a couple quick fouls early in the first half to make sure that this guy knows there's nothing easy here tonight. I may need you to take a foul if he gets by me. So I, I, I tried to have a game plan every time I played against any player. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was my 15 minutes. I would watch the tape, and then Mo, then the coaches would come in, and they would go over the game plan for that night. Yeah. Okay. You take the game plan. If there was any questions, you kind of knew everybody comes together. And then I went out there, then I played. That was my game plan. Now, the thing is, Mo, is immediately following the game, I started my recovery. Whether whether I needed the ice or I didn't think I needed, I was going to ice and I was going to stretch following every game because there was no excuse for me not to play and be ready for tomorrow night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mo, immediately following that game was my recovery. Immediately following the game, I'm already replacing the fluids. Immediately following the game, I'm getting food because I got to be ready to go for either practice tomorrow night, game, or whatever the activities. See, this is why BJ in the NBA, not me, because after games, I'm trying to holler at holler yeah, the yeah, 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 the crowd. No, no, I'm trying to turn up with the fella. <laughs> Mo, immediately, like, Mo, like, when you're on a really good team, Mo, like, when you're on a really good team, like, well, I'm talking about a really good team, you try to get your work, so it is a slogan, you try to get your work done early. It's like the Phoenix we were trying working to, out. We were, trying to, we were trying to beat teams so that we could start the recovery in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And get the ice and get everything going. So that way we'll be ready for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's why they, that's why they say, don't play with your food. If you got a chance to eliminate somebody or take the life out of a team, do it. And Mo, it was the most beautiful thing because whenever we had an opportunity, we did it. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, you play it around and you let somebody come back by 15 down. No, you got them down 15. You get them. You, you eliminate that team. And that was a mindset. Okay. So the recovery process started and then Mo, we stayed off our feet. Mm-hmm. Like Mo resting is a real thing. Like I could be at the club, but why you got to be up dancing? <laughs> <laughs> For me, I'm cooling off in the section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, Mo, you, you got to know what you're capable of doing. So for us, learning how to rest 
and getting that like my nap mode, like Mo, like I didn't play a game without the nap. I respect it. That it wasn't it wasn't like coulda, woulda, shoulda, oughta. That was just part of my mo. I was getting that two hour nap. I was getting that nap. I I couldn't function without that nap. Mo, I got so good that Mo, I can nap anywhere. Like we come into the game on the bus. I'm gonna catch that little nap. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna catch me a nap wherever I can catch it because Mo, it's important. I'm gonna get off my feet. So that was my routine. I didn't snack Mo. I no, stayed so I with my I, I stayed with my fluids. I stayed with what I had to get with because Mo, I was I respected the other guys. And mm-hmm. I just assumed that everybody else was doing that. And I needed every advantage that I could get. I wasn't like the strongest guy, the fastest guy, whatever. However, Mo, I was going to show up. And well, when the game got into the fourth quarter, Mo, that's to me where the conditioning was going to kick in. And I felt that I had worked hard enough to, to believe that I could do it. And some nights more successful than others. But I knew I was prepared to get there because the last thing, Mo, I don't know if it's ever happened to you. It stinks. It sucks if you're hungry playing in the game. Oh, <laughs> because, you because you can't think. Bo, you can't think if you're hungry. So, you know, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and, and now if you watch the teams now, they got food and fruit. We didn't have that back then. No. But, you know, now they got fruit and energy that's bars. That's the worst stuff. thing I ever did. Um, you have, you have, you will know, but they have these things called pre-workout powders. It's like a, mm-hmm, a powder mm-hmm. you mix with your water and it gives you energy, right? right. right? And you use mm-hmm. it for like weightlifting, right? So when I was weightlifting, right. like bodybuilding, that's what we'd have before workouts. So there was one, it's, it's banned now. It used to be called Jack 3D. Um, and it was so powerful, it would make your skin itch with all the chemicals mm. inside. So I used to take that before my weightlifting sessions. One day I thought, I'm going to take this before the game because it will give me super energy, you know, to come out and play. BJ, I took this before the game. Midway through the second quarter, because after your when you take it for weightlifting, it works, and then when you get home, you have a crash, like your energy crashes. But it's cool because you've done your session. Right. I took this. I played the full first quarter because we're playing a tough game. Coach ain't taking me out. Midway through the second, I crashed. <laughs> I crashed so hard. Oh, wow. I, I called for a sub. I just sat on the bench. I had less than zero energy, and I was like, I'm absolutely finished. So, bro. <laughs> Yeah, you got to be ready for those fourth quarters. But yeah, you, you, your, yeah, your routine yeah. worked. Three championships later, here we are. Well, I, I mean, well, you just got to find what works for you. Like, if there's any advice that I would give and encourage young people is, you got to, first of all, you got to find what works for you. But you got to commit to a lifestyle. If you're fortunate enough to play as a professional, it's not just something that you do during the season. It's just not something you do because you have a chef and all these things. Mo, it's a lifestyle. Right, you're on the road half the time. So okay, you're not bringing your chef to on the road. So mm-hmm. all, having a chef that sounds good, but that doesn't mean anything to me, because you have a chef and he provides whatever the fish or whatever you're eating at home, and then you go to the room and you're eating junk food or whatever's in mm-hmm. the. So it doesn't really matter. You have to commit to this lifestyle, and Mo, I don't care who you are. Everybody has to prepare themselves however they need to prepare themselves. Some people like to read. Some people like to listen to music. Some people don't need a nap, right? Some people don't. 
I was a guy who needed my nap and I needed my sleep. Yeah, I respect it. Some people, they need to play NBA 2K and they can get it from the link in the description of the podcast. Yeah, and some people need to do that. There were some players, Mo, who had special gifts and special powers. Oh, they no, we ain't gonna to go sleep. into that. <laughs> no, well, Mo, they didn't need to sleep. <laughs> hey, Mo, yeah. hey, 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 Mo, whatever you need to do to perform, do that. Yep. But I'm just saying that's what I needed to do, right? Yep. And I couldn't compare myself to the next guy. Yep. But there are, hey, Mo, there are players who have special gifts. And maybe that's another podcast. That's, that's a whole nother <laughs> podcast. But that's all for today. BJ, I appreciate you sharing your wisdom with us. I appreciate you guys at home listening. Make sure you subscribe across YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow with more from around the world of the NBA. Hope you guys stay healthy. And most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>